Good evening, Patriots. And it's Sunday, September 25th in the year 2022. And as always, East Coast, you beat us to Monday. And now that I'm back on the West Coast time zone, I'm saying good because I still have three hours. We all do if we're on this side of the coast. Patriots, before we begin, we're in very interesting times, for say the least. And there's a lot of chaos and turmoil. And this is really one of those times that we need to keep our vigilance up. And one of those things I'd highly recommend, both from safety of training and reducing costs of ammunition and improving your skills, is iTarget. Take a listen to this. If there was ever a story that best encapsulated how bad crime has become, it's the one about Starbucks providing baristas with active shooter training because our cities aren't safe anymore. And while the Supreme Court has made it easier for you to conceal carry for protection, it's your responsibility to be properly trained. That's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including .223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. This is the smartest investment in your ability to safely and effectively handle your firearm. Plus, it will pay for itself in one day. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you want to have. itargetpro.com, offer code BARDS. As you know, that is the becoming one of the most famous and sought-after promo codes because we have it, and everybody wants to be part of us. That's really awesome. Patriots, I want to begin tonight. We've got a great story tonight, a great one. But I want to begin by putting some context into some of the crazy we're dealing with. We're really dealing with, there's a large percentage of our population that is just not connected through Christ to the Father. They have no spiritual grounding. In fact, the only spiritual grounding they have is a relationship to an institution that increasingly is leaving them abandoned. Take a listen to this incredible meltdown at Walmart. I didn't touch you, man. Not that long ago when I can't stand another man touching me. Well, no one did that. Is this a prank? He won't go away. He won't go away. He's a problem. I need to leave? No, no, no. I still got, I still got, okay. She threw some of my stuff. Okay. I hell if I know. I'm so sorry. She wasn't sorry when she cut in line and then screamed. I didn't see you. To make it. Oh, I just asked her if she saw anyone in line. That's an adult. You're making it worse. I'm just talking. Walk up to Walk with Welcome to the new world order. I mean, all seriousness, this is just nuts. By the way, I did edit out as much as I could of the crazy stuff in there, but man, I'm telling you, that's just that's just one person. And we haven't even entered into the eye of the storm yet, or I should say the main part of the storm. The eye would be calm. This isn't going to get calm. 
So much of this is really, and I, I'm speaking now from a very different reflection because I've had this chance to travel across the country and to really engage people in different parts of the country. And so on one hand, there's an amazing beauty in the seeking of Jesus. But on the other hand, we have this other side that is so void in the relationship, so unknowing to what it is to have a relationship with Father or to, and to have Christ in their heart. I'm telling you, this sort of thing you just heard there is probably going to become increasingly normalized for a while because the institutions that these people have become wed to and these, the institutions that these people have become dependent upon are ideological myths. It's a, it's a framework by which they have been kind of given a religious structure, which is the religion of me. And they're discovering that they can't get their way on many things. And they've been so amped up to believe in the emotions of the events that they've lost the center point of the grounding. They have no in a sense, they're not even lost. They've never had this grounding in Jesus. So these are, this is going to be surreal challenging for us. And it's going to take a lot of, it's going to take a lot of our temperance and a lot of our digging in deep to a deeper relationship with Jesus for us to be able to endure this because part of this and our job here, I think that gentleman handled it very level and very well. And I don't know that running up to somebody like this and praying for them would have any effect, but I do think that, you know, as, as from a, if I was in that event, we'd have to pray afterwards. But this is a real tragic state that we're in right now. And it's been engineered. It's been designed specifically. And this truly is like you're seeing the handiwork and the, the masterpiece of Saint, quite frankly. So Friday night, we talked about the amazing experience I had with Navajo Nation, which was truly blessed. And so I had one more Bible to deliver. And so I can now say that with the 12 Bibles, I can say this boldly, mission complete. And that's what we're going to talk. I want to share this story with you tonight because I think it's just amazing. So you know how I am. I've, I've, I'm hard on, on kind of the corporate church model. So I'm also going to start by saying tonight that did I find a church today and over this weekend? And it is an amazing church. And it's in Arizona. And it's just one of these places that I was led to go to. This is John Bensinger's church. And as you remember, John was, and it's in Gilbert, by the way, Gilbert, Arizona. And it's called Redeemer Church. Now, John Bensinger is a friend. He's a fellow brother in Christ, and he is uh, he has this church here in Gilbert with an amazing staff and an incredible executive pastor, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I have never been to John's church, and I will be very honest, when I've had this last Bible to deliver, and I knew that it was going to Redeemer, but it was very vague as to why I was going there. And I say that because a lot of times I have at least an idea of why Father sends me somewhere. And this particular time, the reason I was really kind of perplexed is that Redeemer has been growing immensely 
and there's there's a lot of strength and I know John I, I did not know the executive pastor who's Dale and he's amazing I am it's like and then <laughs> I'm just kind of smiling here because this is exactly as father works right so Dale Thakra is uh, is their executive pastor so I say all this because if you want to just go to a church at some point, like you want to make a road trip and just go to a church and just feel the power of the Holy Spirit and just how when you are in a church where it's just alive, but there's it's just normal and it's very humble would be a word and very low key and there's it, that's Redeemer Church. And seriously. I mean, I, it's, and be honest too, it's like the first church I've ever been to, they didn't push an offering plate. Their focus is on delivering the message of Jesus and building that relationship with Christ. And it's really amazing. I mean, just, it's simple, direct, to the point, great pastors, great facility. So you, you got my pitch and you know, I'm pretty direct on how I feel about churches. So let's, let's go into the story because I think this is what's, again, what's the most amazing is this journey of listening to Father. And I, I had had this amazing experience with the Navajos and the vice president of the Navajo Nation. I told that Friday night. So if you haven't heard that story, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to Friday night, Fishers of Men. I think it's, it's a very insightful and very powerful discussion about how God works. And so I stayed on a bit the next day, really not sure where what Father wanted me to do because there was a lot of connections that happened that Friday night, and I stayed on a little bit on the next day and Saturday till about 1 o'clock. And I went to this rally that I didn't even know about, and it was a celebration of Native American days uh, ways, and that was also on the 24th, which all that stuff going on, which turned out to be a nothing burger. Not surprising. No one shall know the time or the day. We need to remember that. So I got in the Jeep. I texted our our great mod bear who is lives here in Gilbert and it goes to Redeemer. He's part of that church. And I said, you know, I'm on my way. And so I started driving and, and I'll tell you I, it was an amazing drive to begin with. Beautiful country. I'd never been through the northern mountains in Arizona, and this route I took took me all through there. And I'll be very honest, I mean, I'm, I'm, we've got some good mountains in Oregon. I've, I've driven the Rockies. I didn't know Arizona had mountains like this. They were steep and big and really beautiful terrain. So I'd enjoy, I was enjoying the ride, but I'm still kind of asking this question. It's like, okay, Father, what am I doing here, Redeemer? Like, this trip has been a lot about the one. And John, as it turned out, was gone this weekend. So it's like, okay, so this isn't, we're not going to John. And the church is pretty big, so it's kind of odd to give a, a Bible, not that you can't, but to give a Bible to a church of this size. I understood why it was going to Thomaston at Valley Grove, because there's only like 30 or 40 people in the congregation. It was a very personal gift and relationship that Father conveyed through me to them, but I didn't, I didn't know anybody in Redeemer. So as we're going along, I'm praying on this a lot. And I, 
I don't, I don't even at this point, I don't even know Dale's last name. And I don't, all I know is Dale is the executive pastor. That's it. And I keep getting this in prayer. It's like, this Bible's going to Dale. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Bible's going to Dale. And Father gives me kind of this insight as to why. And I don't, again, I don't even know exactly what his role is at the church other than by title, it's executive church. Is he, I'm sorry, the executive pastor. And Father gives this to me as I'm driving and, and I'm having these, remember I said, like, be that guy that has the invisible friend in your car. That's me. <laughs> I'm talking to Jesus and I'm talking to Father. And I'm, I'm open dialoguing this and I'm listening in my heart and listening to what comes into my thoughts. And, and I get this, he is the steward of the church. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So I, then I get this, this email or text, I'm sorry, from Barron. He says, by the way, Dale may not be there on Sunday. He's got um, a family matter that might take him away. And right when I read that, I'm like, oh, Father, what is going on here? I mean, like, what are we doing? And right after that, I get a follow-on the text that says, so we're going to meet with him tonight. And so right away, I'm like, okay, that's Father speaking. That's it. All right. I, I said, all right, Lord, what is this about? What, what am I trying to do? So as I'm praying on this and having this open dialogue, I'm given a personal message, which I'm not going to share. That was just between myself. I was just delivering this message to Dale. It was a personal message Father had for him. Remember, I had the five points that I've been working on. Learn to walk and build an intimate relationship with Jesus. Pray for President Trump to be a redeeming or a repenting president in Jesus, in Christ. Sow seeds, both physically and spiritually. Nurture our children and our parents and restore the arc of life. And number five, heal First Nations and Last Nations. So that's my five talking points that fathers have me share. And with this, I also have this. Now a sixth point, which was specifically for Dale. So I get to the church, I get to Bear's house, and he's got a great meal prepared. If you don't know this, Bear, our mod, is a grill master, doggone near. And so he has this great meal prepared, and we just have a wonderful meal. And, and I'll tell you, this is how God works, too, because, you know, I didn't know Bear from anybody two years ago. And he is now, I consider him to be one of my close friends. And he's also a brother in Christ. And that's just, we've only seen each other a couple of times. And this was one of these times. And it was just so good to connect. It's just like we just pick up like we've known each other for our whole life. Just an, an amazing family, an amazing father. He's just a and just a, a person I have, and I, he, we're so blessed to have him here as one of our moderators, but he's more than that, as you all know if you've interacted with him, because he's just someone who loves Jesus and wants to see everyone else love Jesus. So this is good company to begin with, right? So we have a dinner, and then we head over to the church, and I've never met, again, I've never met Dale. And so we... He was finishing out the evening service, 
he was there making just talking to people. They have two evenings. They have two services on Saturday and three services on Sunday because they have so many people that have come to this church. And what really speaks volumes to Redeemer is there's been a bunch of churches that have gone woke and crazy Marxist around here. And they've just, people have just packed up and said, I can't handle it. And they've sought out the true message in Christ. And where did they end up? A good percentage of them came to Redeemer. So I don't know the size now, but I think it's around 2,000 people that they've had at this church and, and they don't have the capacity. So they, they've now run, they run five services on the weekend, which I think speaks volumes. People don't go to places like that. You, you can see mega churches. That's one thing. But this isn't a mega church. Matter of fact, that's what's really neat is it's a very intimate feeling church. So we sit down and, and I tell Dale my story about the journey. And and I finally, like as, as I told him, just as I'm telling you, I, I was trying to, I was kind of struggling with, not that I'm doubting, Father, but I mean, I'm kind of struggling with what is my mission here at Redeemer? Because everywhere I've gone, I've had a pretty clear connection as to why I was going, and then it blossomed to even more. Well, once I understood it was for Dale, and, then I, under, and I had also called Teddy along the way, I said, I, I just want you to tell me a little bit about Dale's position at the church. And what's amazing is that, like I said, I didn't know what the, the role of the executive pastor was. And every single thing that Teddy shared with me, Bear, confirmed the message that Father wanted me to give to him and confirmed the insight that Father provided in prayer of what the executive pastor's role was. So suddenly I was like, wow, this is pretty powerful. So I sit down, like I said, with Dale, and we go through this thing. And I give him the personal message, which then he completely confirms. I mean, he's like, yes, that makes sense. And this is, interestingly, he says, what you just shared with me is what, my, what I struggle with in my heart every day to make sure that we are true in this church to Christ. So the message was dead on. And that's not me, that's God speaking. And then I hand him the Bible. And it was beautiful because this is number 12. And Dale says, I've purchased three of these. He says, you don't know me, he says, but I love the Constitution. I love this country. And he said, I've purchased three of these to give them away to friends I could never justify buying one for myself. And he says, this is now going to be my family's heirloom. Is that not just amazing? I mean, just in that sense right there, the connection is just incredible and the joy that comes with this is beautiful. Well, from that point that we had a long talk that evening and then we sat and we talked this afternoon for a great deal of time as we had yet another great meal at Bear's Place. And this is what I've discovered. This is a person who has, you, you know my background, you know my background pretty well. I've worked in 
you know, I've been in, in Afghanistan three and a half years. I've worked in Department of Defense. I've done many different business ventures and business things. Had a construction company. Spent some time in jail. <laughs> Not something I'd recommend. Though I do believe anymore that almost like almost feel like telling everybody, you all need to get thrown in jail for 20 days to find out where your real faith is. That'll shake you. But anyway. And outside of the jail thing, because that's not in the discussion, what I discover is this is a person who shares my heart and I share his. And it was like meeting somebody that I, I have known my whole life and never sat down with. That was the experience. And this is, again, just how Father works and how much as we listen to him, he's bringing together his children in a very critical time. And like myself, and, and Dale is far deeper into, I mean, has great, far deeper knowledge of, than I do of biblical issues of, of scripture and so forth. And I, and I don't consider myself an expert in scripture. I just want to make that clear. Cause I think some people sometimes like, dude, you know, like you, you made a mistake. I do make mistakes. Okay. And I will always own it. So understand that. I've just been blessed with Father leading me in, a, in many, many ways, and I try to listen, and I, like every show, I come to the show with prayer just asking Father to lead me because that's just ultimately the only way that we should be living. And here I am sitting with a man that I didn't even know his last name until I got there. And today, I would call him friend and brother in Christ. That's how Father works. Just, it was just amazing. He is a, he's an amazing pastor. He is one of the reasons that Redeemer is so humble and so powerful at the same time. So obviously, put on your travel map, if, or even better, if you get a chance to follow online, that's another good place. Redeemer's a great church to follow online. John Benzinger, who I unfortunately didn't get a chance to see this trip, but I will see him in the near future. And we'll have him on the show in the near future because he's also written a book recently. Is another amazing man. But this was that was the interesting thing too, is it? This wasn't about John. And it's not taking anything away from John. But what I discovered on this journey is that this was about the man who's the hand behind the church, the one we don't see. That's Dale. He's the one that's keeping everything balanced. He's the one that's managing the money. He's the one that's keeping the pastors on point. He's the one that's seeing to the staff. He's doing all the heavy lifting. Not that people aren't doing heavy lifting, but he's doing that in that sort of unrecognized task that keeps the church going so well. And a lot of the character of the church is a lot of result of his work and his effort. And I know that if I sat here and told him this, he would he would not want that recognition, but that's too bad. This is Bard's FM. You get that recognition. And that's why that was so impactive, because... The Bible was being sent to the keeper of the flame, so to speak. And to discover that this person, Dale, was passionate 
about our Constitution, was passionate about the state of our country. I mean, he, he could, he would be like one of those, if you meet him, he'd be one of those, you'd look at him and get to know him, he'd be like, that dude should be a black robe regiment type. That's, and again, that fits everything that I've been doing this whole trip. So really where this trip has done to me, and I, and I really want to share this piece tonight because I find this to be so important, is we tend to really overcomplicate things. I don't ever want it to be said or misinterpreted what I'm saying. I, it is essential that we read and understand Scripture. But what I have said recently, and I truly stand by this, is it's how we live through the Word. Some people can memorize passages and do it brilliantly. Others can't. I'm not one that memorizes passages well, but I know where to find them, and I know the Scripture that I know. Because one person can memorize and one person doesn't is not going to, it's not what you're going to be judged on. But truly what Father wants to see as he looks into our heart is he wants to see the reflection of his son and know how we lived into that walk with Jesus. Show me your heart and how you lived into the reflection of my son. And in this whole walk across the nation, drive across the nation. That's the one consistent theme that just keeps coming up is as we reach deeper into Jesus, a lot of this world gets farther away. It doesn't mean it's not a threat, but we are not going to get through this problem without putting our eyes deep into Christ and through Christ to the Father. We think of the parable of the young rich man. This is a person that was offered the opportunity to walk with Jesus. He was offered the greatest gift one could be offered. And that was simply, he had to sell his things, give give everything away, and then he could walk with Jesus. And he just couldn't do it. And I think that reflection we all need to give very deep, deep reflection on. I have, and I'm not, I'm not pedestaling myself, but I'm just trying to make a point here. I've been through that experience of literally losing everything. And it's a, it's a pretty disorienting moment that you have to reevaluate what's truly important. And I'm, the gift that I got out of that was to not be attached to anything. That's really where we are at a place right now where I think we have to really understand the influence of the material things around us, the money influences around us, the desires that we have of this world, because all of these things end up being snares and traps that lead us astray. The beautiful part about this trip for me is I've had time just driving just to have those conversations with Jesus, to have the conversations with Father, and just to listen. And that's the other thing is we spend a lot of time in prayer many times talking, and we're we're praying many times for what we need or we need protection or we want blessings on somebody else. 
and I've also said this, and I feel strongly about this, is take some time to listen. His father speaks, and it's a two-way conversation. And literally, he's trying to live through us, live with us, through us, as we live with him. You know, when we talk about us as sinners, and I mean, we are imperfect, obviously. We sin all the time. It's very much, but it's not like the place of being beat down. I mean, you should not be groveling. And, I, and I've said this openly, and I'm, I'm always going to say it. I cannot stand the churches that peddle guilt. Peddling guilt just keeps people down, and usually the way out of that is like some sort of offering, which sounds so Pharisees-ish to me. Instead, if we look at this as a relationship of a father to a son, and we compare ourselves to the beauty of who Father is and the glory of who Father is and the perfection of who Father is, now we're starting to gauge appropriately. And so I say this because a lot of, I've met people along this way, this trip, and there's a lot of different scales of assessment, self-assessment and judgment. And there should only be one. And it should never be about us comparing ourselves to someone else or worse, us trying to make ourselves feel like we're needing to be loved by others because we're so beautiful or we're so great. That's the ego and so forth. But we really need to be focused heavily on eyes on God and realize his grandeur and his perfection and in the process just how humble and how small we are in that comparison. And again, it's not to be crushed down, but it's to be honest in our heart, to repent. And if we don't know what we've done, this is another important piece is, and I was doing this this morning, and it's amazing how it it worked through the day. And one of my prayers this morning was simply as I was closing out this trip, and I'm on my last three days now. And I just, one of my prayers I put forth to Father was, Father, you know, through this course of this trip, Where I have sinned, if I have not proclaimed it, please show me so that I may proclaim it before you. And I think that somehow my experience is we seem to be timid to want to reach that way. We want to come forward and say, I've sinned, kind of like beating ourselves down. Don't do that. Just be honest in your heart. And just seek that true and repenting place with Father to understand that as repenting, we're standing back up and he's raising us up and making us stronger like a beautiful father would do. I have learned so much about listening to Father God on this trip. I've learned so much about having a conversation and a real dialogue with Jesus. And it has transformed the way that I walk in this, in this world. And I really can say honestly, I've, I've, I've arrived at a point where I really am not seeing this world as me, but rather as part of, I'm just part of God's guidance. Wherever he leads me, I have to go. That, that's taking me, myself, it's taking me to another level of letting go. And it's a real interesting experience that I would, that I really value and cherish because as we do, we're starting to really live with trust in him. We tend to bulldoze a lot. I mean, just the way we are. We live in a culture that tells us to. 
It tells us a culture that everything around us tells us that we are the subject of all things. We are the focus of all things. We are the achievement of all things. What we do is, is if we succeed with something, it's us that did it. And that's, that's as far from the truth as can be. Our world is really not as complicated as we think it is. So much of the confusion and the, the, this constant churning of narratives and the control of fear is very simple because that's how they control us and separate us from Father God. And the one thing I can say in this whole trip is that fearlessness that I had before has only become more resolute. And with that, I'll be honest, I, I do news, I will do news, continue to do two news topics, but it's becoming less and less important because the real focal point here is our relationship with and through Christ. And that's where our scriptures come in to, to build that sort of framework that we do and the strength that we have. And with that, the very the many great things that come from that walk. And I've had some amazing experiences on this trip, as I've shared with you from my first time ever as I was led to do some hands-on healing to you know, meeting with the vice president of the Navajo to sitting with Ted Nugent with meeting with, you know, passing a Bible to Mike Lindell or Matt Thayer or Eric Naputi, Dr. Frank, all these people and to see the, in each interaction, the importance and the power of what bringing a special Bible to each person does. And all of that ultimately comes down to that very simple relationship that we all should be having, which is not churches fighting churches, but it's simply at the center point of the message that we're all trying to pursue that relationship or should be that true relationship with Jesus. What I haven't had is any hostile interactions. And I, I really thank God for a lot of that because I think that so much of that was just as I was walking that presence of Christ and allowing that, being open to allowing that light to shine through that opened up many doors. But that's, again, doors that only God can open. And it's reaffirmed the point of as we really all seek that, that we find a greater strength in unity than we do find in division. We are stronger together than we can ever imagine. And there's a lot of bridges and healing that has to be done. I refer back to First Nations and Last Nations because there's some deep rifts there. And it's going to take the courage of a few to step away from that old rift and to realize something. That as we each accept Christ, our past is not erased our past is simply part of who we are as the person God needs us to be in Jesus. I think that's a very important principle that is hard or harder for some than others to get. That experience that we've gained, I was, in fact, Bear and I were talking about this earlier this evening, is that 
if I was to look at my life and I, I point to something, it's going to look very much like a big pile of boxes clustered about. But if I was to look at it through God's eyes, it's a clean sidewalk that has moved perfectly from past to present because that's how God did my map. And he knew that I would eventually be here. He had foreknowledge. And if we can keep that in mind in everything we do and start to realize that, you know, of course we're going to make mistakes, we're going to stumble, we're going to sin. But we have a loving and forgiving Father that wants to be there to work with us to raise us up. So I've had this amazing and blessed opportunity to be was essentially an emissary for Father God, to deliver 12 Bibles and plus one, which I told you was that went to Rocco Nugent. But the 12 primary Bibles, not knowing where each of them was going with some ideas of where they were, but not having details until every moment would occur. And I think that's another great lesson because nothing was revealed until the time was right. We tend to get very anticipatory towards things. We tend to want to know now. We tend to want to know what we're doing. And a lot of just the experiences that I've had has allowed me to just kind of ride this wave, if you will, metaphorically speaking, and just to trust that where I'm going to be, I will be. And what's most amazing in all of this journey is that every single thing aligned perfectly and that we can see that in retrospect, but we can't see that going forward. So that's literally, we trust in faith, not by sight. And the key word there is trust. But it's a deep and living trust in Father God to just open our hearts and to literally listen. I, I have to stress that a lot. I think it's important as well that we have the courage at times to ask Father for what we need. So if trust is one thing, then ask for it. If we need clarity, pray for it. You know, our mission here is, is more than important. It's, it's a war that we're dealing with. And it is one of these strange wars that we look outside and it's like, well, it's pretty calm in the streets. I don't see soldiers. I don't see planes. I don't see bombs blowing up. But that war is taking place on so many domains and so many levels. You know, Ephesians 6.10 reminds us of the principalities beyond our reach. And so it's, it's a part of this war is that every single day when we get up, we have to armor ourselves up. And that's through prayer and that's through focus with Father. And I think that it just becomes a, as we do this in such a living, breathing way. Now, this is me speaking, and I, I don't know that everyone's comfortable with the way I, I talk about this relationship, and that's fine. But this is my true story and my testimony that I give here. I have learned to build a living, trusting, breathing active relationship with Jesus and with Father God. And I have no issue of speaking and having a dialogue and hearing those responses. 
And as it started, it was slow because I didn't know how to listen or hear. And as it's grown, it's pretty much like a dialogue. It, because Father God doesn't speak just in simple senses. I mean, and Dale asked me a, a very direct question. He said, do you, hear, do you hear his voice? And I said, sometimes. And sometimes it's an impression. And sometimes it's a feeling in the heart. Sometimes it's an image. But nonetheless, it's a language. And it's alive and it's active. And it brings us close and intimate to him. And it allows to literally drive, which I think I've done like seven or 8,000 miles now, across this country to deliver 12 Bibles to a vague list of names, a few that were on it, many I didn't know, and many changed at the last minute. And to be able to say that as I sit now at the end of that part of the mission, that mission was completed perfectly. Not because I did things perfectly, but because Father God led me and I was able to hear. Father God's mission was always perfect. But I needed ears to hear and eyes of faith to see. There is... A solidness, I think, that comes when we walk this way. And it's a powerful place where we begin to really appreciate the magnanimity of the Almighty, the beauty of all His grace and glory. We, we appreciate His strength. You know, one of the strange things, and I, I just noted it, is up until now, but almost every place I had traveled, it rained either before or after I, I, I drove there. And, you know, we can say, well, that's just a coincidence, and maybe it is. Maybe it was just some good chemtrail seating or something. But I also note that, and I, I honestly don't believe that because I think there was just too much coincidence, but I also note that the last two days, so this is Saturday and today, there hasn't been a single chemtrail in the sky. The skies have been pure and clear like I haven't seen before. These are just notable things. They're small little things. I'll give me another one, which, and I'm not a guy that obsesses on numbers, so be clear about that. But I, one number that is in my life by virtue of my date of birth, by my weight of birth, the time of my birth is the number of 11. I can't avoid it. It's just in me. And I'm not a worshiper of 11, be clear. But it is just very interesting again to, like, and I, I just see these things as this little signpost along the way that in my hotel room when I checked in here in Gilbert, the number was 317. So obviously 17 is 17 and 3, 1, and 7 is 11. It, it's again, I look at that and I go, wow, that's just amazing. Like every step along the way, that's the way this journey has worked. And I think that's part of us learning as well to listen to the messages that are sent by Father God in the many complex ways that he speaks and recognizing it and acknowledging it. So Patriots, I, the Bible delivery is mission complete. It has been 
a humbling and beautiful journey that I'm very blessed to have been able to share it with you. I have three days home now, and I'm not, I just, I think that there's still a lot to be revealed and will probably reveal itself in, as this trip winds down. And there's a lot that has been opened and many doors that have been opened for many future things to occur, one of which is the Navajo Reservation. And I'm interested to see what Father God will do with all that. But I also want to thank you all because you've given a lot of prayers along the way. And um, it's been a very blessed experience to be able to share it and to be able to receive your prayers and your blessings. So thank you. So let's pray. Father, I'm just very humbled this evening as I just kind of reflect on this last six weeks of travel in what is truly the most amazing of experiences for me personally, and yet you've also blessed this experience to be shared with others as we've kind of navigated through the country and it's very in a very winding path to deliver 12 Bibles, which you had put forth for 12 people. I think one of the things that is deeply impactive is that we don't know the impact of these, and yet we know through you great things will be done. So thank you for the opportunity to share and thank you for the opportunity to travel. And I just pray this evening that that we all can find that deep trust in you. And if we have it, then to find it deeper than we had before. So Father, this, this evening as we close this prayer, we just pray that you can give us the blessing of all the blessing of trust in you in an amazing way to open up that dialogue, to open up that gift, to open up that blessing, to experiencing that truly that relationship that guides us and leads us to the many amazing places that you do, taking us to places that we perhaps have never been or never thought we would do, all through the trust in you. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, next few days is onward, home. Um, again, so like what's the, uh, the random opportunities of this? Tomorrow morning, you all know that I'm very good friends with Pastor Brad Cummings, who lives in Southern California down in Malibu. And it just so happens he's right near where I'm at right now. So tomorrow morning, as I head out, he and I will grab breakfast as he heads back to Malibu. Again, these are just kind of these perfections of things that come together that you just you can't make up. Today's sermon at Redeemer was if it was specifically written for this entire journey. It was all about unity from Philippians 2, 1 to 4 all about unity. And in reflection, that was the irony is I was praying a lot about that in the morning. I go to Redeemer, they have this sermon, 
And it's just a reinforcement of the way Father God works. I mean, just at the core of what we have to be working on is building unity, not building difference. We have to learn to rise above what they are doing to us for us to seek that unity in our deep, in the deep relationship we have through the body of Christ. We are a tapestry, a complex one, and we're not all going to see things the same way. But what we isn't really, it's not a point to even debate, is it, that through our relationship in Jesus, it's that relationship to Christ to the Father and that being reborn through him that we are united as one body. And that's ultimately what, what Father God's demanding of us. And I, what I really can say is that going through this nation, it's not that tough. But we sure do make it tough. It's not hard to sit and break bread. But we make it hard. So let's change that. Let's change the way we do things. We have to walk in that power of the glory and the strength of agape love. And that's not being weak. It's being the power of the warrior that Christ has within us. But it's being humble and able to listen and able to sit patiently with somebody and hopefully build a bridge and open a door. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Prayers up for Redeemer Church, for Dale, and for Bear. They're doing great work. So tomorrow or until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body Healing
开。